zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much. Welcome to Reads and Weeds, Cynthia. Hey, hey, how are you, Shelley? I am good. Hey, Colin. Hey, Shelley. Hey, thanks for yeah. fixing the stuff, and yeah. I hope it is working over there. It's working over here. <laughs> right. Okay, so. okay. Um, so here we are. We're talking about um, packing for Mars. The, re- the reason why I'm so excited about today is I feel like you and I have been bumping into each other for probably two years. At least. At least, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Because um, either through just, uh, oh, good, and you're going to be there. That'll be perfect. Okay. So on this show. be on here, like right next to it, but doesn't matter. That's fine. That's fine. It'll be great. Um, the, so on this show, I just wanted to, I developed the show because I like to smoke weed and talk about books with people. Okay. Period. Like like End that. of concept. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole pitch right the there. Deal. And you... Uh, well, okay, so I'm going to start with this is your first time on the show. Absolutely. And yes, I really time. appreciate you yes. coming. We're going to talk about Packing for Mars by Mary Roach. Take a minute and kind of run down your kind of cannabis involvement accolades, like what all you do, and stay, like, close to the mic. So, okay. And, and your full name is Cynthia Shelby Lane. Shelby Lane. Shelby Hyphen Lane. Okay. M.D. Where are you going, Colin? I'm trying to figure out a place where I can put this mic that's not going to block her or you. Yeah, that's fine. That looks good, I think. I can sort of see myself. right in your face. Oh, there we go. That looks good. Um, So, yeah. So, because I knew you were a doctor, Mm -hmm. and then I saw you at a comedy thing, and we talked about cannabis, and then I saw you at another kind of networking event. So, just give me all the whole rundown. So I keep bumping into you because I'm involved with the Michigan Cannabis uh, Society and organization and people. And uh, as a medical doctor, I certify people here in Michigan for medical marijuana. Shout out to me. Yay! <laughs> Yay! So if you're out there and you need and you're looking for a certification, then, and have you been doing telemedicine? I've been doing telehealth, telemedicine. It's, it was complicated in the beginning of the pandemic, but then it's, it's, it's working. Yeah, and tell me what is the site where people find you? Because you told me before, but 
So most of the time, people will find me just roaming around the internet, someplace Shelby Lane MD, and mm-hmm. they'll find me through my website, shelbylanemd.com. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you can go to marijuanadoctors.com. And okay. in Michigan, you find my name, and then you punch in. I want to make an appointment, and that's how it works. Okay. I thought there was another site that you were getting booked through. Um, was that one weird or didn't work uh, or something? Weed, weed Monster. Weed Monster. And okay. And the best marijuana doctors, there's in Leafly and all those kind of places but i started advertising but i really focus on marijuana doctors okay okay so you certify patients Mm -hmm. and then what else uh besides that with marijuana i'm on the yeah i am actually third year in hopefully the fourth i'm on the scientific advisory committee for the national cannabis industry association and we've been doing some incredible stuff really like i'm a doctor slash scientist Mm -hmm. but not the researcher kind and then these people on the committee are incredible. They're PhDs, chemists, pharmacists, and I'm the doctor. I feel like lonely. I feel like I'm in the wilderness. But we wrote a, I wrote a paper last year on vaping, safeties of vaping, and uh, then it got pushed to the side because of the big committee and then became vaping and COVID-19. And what you're, what's going to happen with vaping, COVID, you know, should you vape, should you not vape because of all that thing, all that stuff that went down last year in November. And have people been able to see or read these papers if they're a member of National Cannabis Industry Association or you do webinars through there or yes. what do you? Okay. Yes. Okay. So paper, I did a webinar on labeling, cannabis labeling. You know, cannabis now weed has labels. Mm-hmm. What's safe, what's not, not safe, what you should expect, milligrams and dosaging. We did something with NIDA, National Institute for Drug Abuse, uh, talking about dosing. And then we just did a webinar on butt tenders. That's my favorite. That was the favorite. <laughs> That's what I, I was. Because <laughs> I always feel like I'm a butt tender. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, uh, so Indica, Sativa, you know, CBD percentages. You're always talking health, but butt tenders can't say things, but I can. So I had to learn fast about how to be a butt tender without oh. touching the flower. Because people also come to you just for counseling? Yes. Okay. Yes. So tell me a little bit about how that works in case somebody out there is listening and they're just like, I have a friend right now, but she's in a different state, mm-hmm. so I don't know if you can help someone in a mm-hmm. different state. And she's trying to call me and say, what do I take for anti-anxiety? And what is near me? And she's in Florida, and I don't know if I can help her. But, like, what, what do you find that you're talking to people about the most? The most, the most common thing is chronic pain. Okay. And then you get into things like MS. Uh, seizures, looking at the whole plant, the full spectrum, THCA, THC, CBDA, all those chemicals that you ever, you, know, you, you thought of marijuana as THC. That mm-hmm. was it. But there's all these little fractions that help, and people need to know, well, I would suggest, I can't tell you, it's not a prescription, yeah, that you yeah. use this versus that. And look at some of the things that are coming down the pipe. I'm in like a marijuana sort of meeting about three times a week now. Oh, so wow. La- yeah, last week it was Snoop Dogg. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's the other thing. So I didn't get to make that meeting because I was doing something uh-huh. else. I was already, like, I, was, I might have been doing this. Like, yeah. I might have even had this because it was a Cannabis Connect, which is now Sensi, right, right. run by Jamie Cooper, who yes. we love. Yes. Hi, Jamie, Hi, if Jamie. you're listening. <laughs> She's awesome. She does all kinds of great things. Yeah. So the networking meeting two weeks ago had Snoop in it. Yes, but I thought he was going to talk, and we could be, I was all waiting, you know. Yeah. And he just played music and smoked weed. <laughs> and it was good. It was all of his other stuff. Jujubadubas, fajizzlebanizzle, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it, it was God. cool. It was nice, because we were there, and he would look at us, and 
sort of say something like, hi, not me. I'm not touching Zoom. I'm not touching that. So. <laughs> right, right. He just he just was hanging. Yeah. He was, was a, just hanging. It was a good meeting, too. It actually, you learn so much from industry people. Yeah. And, you know, it's all blackballed for so many years. Yeah. talk about it. So now here we are today talking about it. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like last week, two things, two people I reached out on one, you know, like it was Michigan Cannabis Professionals, uh-huh. which thank you for that site too. And I'm losing that guy's name in my mind right now. Harry Barash. Harry Barash. <laughs> thank you, Harry Barash. Like I, I asked about security cameras last week mm-hmm. and I asked about powdery mildew and immediately got all of this information, information. and it was so great one yeah. quick question and i checked facebook yeah. hours later and get all this information and it's, it's great community. it's great community uh i'm on the a michigan i mean on the minority cannabis business that that organization also. yes yes uh, i just joined so much national, yeah. yeah national cannabis nurses association the uh National Cannabis Legal Association. So I'm not an attorney, right? But I can pay seventy five dollars to join their organization. They have to pay three thousand dollars. So it's like, a, oh, so I get the benefit. That of, seems like a good deal. Yeah, like, don't be an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a doctor. <laughs> pay the student rate. So, I, so it's it's fun. And all the meetings, all the meetings got canceled this year. You know? Oh, I know it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Sucks. I was just about to sign up for the Shanty Creek Michigan Cannabis Industry Association. Uh-huh. It was because when I when it we. I, I was the membership director for a little while from October to like May. And we talked about Shanty Creek and how fun it was going to be in July to be on the lake with everybody. And I was so excited. Yes. And then it got moved to August. And I just realized last night I was going to pull the trigger and sign up yeah. for it. And it's going to be awesome. Found out friends of mine are going and already signed up. And it's the same week I'm going to see my family in South Carolina. So, so I can't go. But it's okay. It made it easier for me because yeah. I was... Anyway. Yeah. So let me ask you this before we jump in. So let me tell you, Colin, that the reason why I was so excited... I read this book, Packing for Mars by Mary Roach, a few years ago when I was kind of on a Mary Roach tear. Uh-huh. And if you don't know who she is, Mary Roach is a scientific author that writes really funny books. And so they usually have one word title, like mm-hmm. Gulp is about yeah. your digestive system. Yeah. Stiff is about cadavers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Packing for Mars is, uh, is about NASA and astronauts and all the things that we have done and studied and all the weird things that you never think about that it takes to get someone in zero gravity and survive Survive, and that whole journey. And so I had read this book a few years ago and no one was reading it when I read it. And then I saw you post when there was like a NASA announcement and you were like, yeah. way to go, yeah, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, we got to talk about right. this. On May 30th, the astronauts went and they're on the space station right now. Yes. So that, uh, and I, I've been to launches before, so. Uh, oh my God. It's just incredible. It's been my whole life wanting to be an astronaut. Yes. I should just write a book, wanting to be an astronaut all my life. Never made it, but. <laughs> yeah, okay, so tell me this, tell me this. So when did you start? And like, what, when was the first year that you applied? And, and we'll get into the book a little bit, but mm-hmm. I just want to know, because you're, I think the only person I know personally mm-hmm. who, um, has applied to be an astronaut a bunch yeah. of times. Yeah, but, but, so I want to know what it's like. So I, I just finished my residency, uh, in, uh, Houston and served as a surgeon and I was coming home and then all of a sudden NASA, NASA was, uh, so all of a sudden NASA was, um, said we're going to have another batch of astronauts who uh, apply and I'm like oh wow I said I hate Houston <laughs> so I applied it was 1979 yeah and I get 
And, and the thing is, I um, applied at the very last minute. Your application had to be pres it stamped, postmarked 11.59 p.m. on December 31st. I didn't go downtown from my house in Detroit until like 11.15, 11.20. I got to the post office. There was not like a huge line, but there was a line. And I, my heart was pounding. And all of a sudden, I get to the front, and I'm like, I, I give the application to the um, postal clerk. I said, can you stamp that? Make sure it's stamped right now in front of me so it's before midnight. And she did. And then I went, sat back in the car. I'm like, fuck. I, I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> I just applied to be an astronaut. Yeah. And, it, and, and the whole, like, uh, my whole body just changed because you did it, because you applied, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they called me. They called me for an interview in March. And I was working as an ER doctor. Uh, and I told my boss, I said, you know what? I'm so grateful for the job that you gave me here. I'm the chief at, at, at Hutzel Hospital. I said, but they applied. They want me to be an ast- come down for an astronaut. Uh, <laughs> I said, I don't know what I should do. He said, you don't know what you should do. You're going. And so I, I got on the plane on a Sunday, <clears throat> got there on a Sunday night. They have a meeting immediately. And I think in that batch of people, there were like uh, over 3,000 people who applied and and they interviewed 120 people that year. And so wow. I had to go through that 44-hour interview. I met a lot of astronauts. I met the black astronauts. Wait a minute. The, so, so, so the application, you, you fill out a how many page application? Mm, it's right here. I don't know, maybe 12. Oh, my 12. God, you have it? Maybe, <laughs> maybe 12 or 15 pages. Oh, my God. Because uh, they sent it back to me because I kept applying. But it's a lot of stuff. It was all handwritten. It wasn't, yeah, it yeah. wasn't on a computer. It was handwritten. I did calligraphy back in the day. Sure. <laughs> so, it's beautiful. So, so it's beautiful. And I get there, and I go do the interview. You have a 24-hour urine with a jug that you have to carry around. So everybody at NASA knows that you are an astronaut candidate applicant. They know Because that, you're carrying around you're your carrying urine. you're carrying around the jug, yeah. And there's like 50 buildings, 50 miles. Oh my God. Would you have ever thought that was <laughs> happening? No. <laughs> a bunch of astronauts. Did you have any idea that you would be carrying around a jug of urine? I had, look, I had no idea what was going on. The first night on Sunday night, they said, okay, you want to be an astronaut? You want you to go back to your room and you're going to write why I want to be an astronaut. Like you're in the fifth grade. Yeah. And I had no clue. So I had to write it out and I'm writing because I've already done all this. Yeah. Paperwork. Yeah. No, why I want to be an astronaut. Oh God, let me think about this because you know, I really want to be an astronaut, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the why was the deeper question. And I knew I love science and I want to explore space. And I just thought it was all that. And yeah. And I to be out there on the, on the frontier and the front edge. And I still do. I still believe that. Oh my God. It hasn't, gone, it hasn't left me at all. <clears throat> so, okay. So let me ask you this. So, because I want to hear more, but I could sit and ask you questions all day and never get to the book. So are you covering me up now? Or can no, you see I'm me? I'm making it better. You're making it better. Thanks, Colin. Welcome, so he, he got into the book, too, a little uh-huh. bit. Too. Yeah. So, so one of the reasons why I wanted to reread the book is because I think a lot of little kids, a lot of people in the world go, I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> and But when it comes down to us being in isolation, like, just being quarantined for COVID, just being in a small space right. with one or two other people, people lose their fucking mind. That's right. <laughs> like, That's right. Most people would be such That's terrible ter- astronauts. That, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they can't Definitely. even be, they can't be. They so can't be cooped up with somebody for that up. period of time. If you've been with your family all these weeks now, you're finding some little weaknesses, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. they're breaking through. They're cracking. This yeah, out. yeah. And I grew up the 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 picture. So what's great about this book? What she does is, um, she kind of starts off with like you know what you know if you grew up. I don't know. In in America, uh-huh. sometime between 1973 and you're and you were born between 62 and 93, even, whatever, even, even before the 40s. that, even, even before the 40s, then, like 42, sure, like, with the so- the Soviets, yes, and yes. and there was the space race, and and there, but they also they always portrayed astronauts as sort of like flight Ma- heroes, Ma- Ma- larger pi- than life. Pilot. Pilots. Uh, pilots. They were, they were pilots. pilots. Right. Yeah. But what you learn reading this book is piloting is a minuscule part of it. Yeah. Part of it. It's minuscule. minuscule. All the science. So she talks about the human being who is an astronaut as the problem. Yes. Like <laughs> you're you're the problem. You're the problem. You can't get along. You uh, no. You can't be cooped up. You can't figure out how to go to the bathroom. You can't no. stop playing around. Your you can't organs are moving sick. around right. in You're, space. Yes. No, you, like, you like miss walking. Yes. You yeah. miss walking. Your blood yes. isn't moving, moving around. Uh, right. You can't miss have the sex. Smell of yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. You can't right. pee. <laughs> like, how do you pee? How do you smell? They get how like you... excited when they see the pee go oh, out. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And they, and they, Into and space. <laughs> when you're going through the interview process, you have a clue that that stuff is really important to them because of the test they make you do. So they put me in a... So, you know, when astronauts come back to Earth, they, uh, before the space shuttle, they came back and they splashed into the Indian Ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had to get into a space capsule and, and b- bounce around. Mm-hmm. So they put you, as part of your interview, in a ball. A, a ball that's maybe this big, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this round... Because I'm smaller, and this height size for astronauts is five to feet to six feet or something like that. Okay. Anyway, you get in, you zip up the inside, they zip up the outside. You're stuck in. You can't move. And they keep you there for like 15, 20 minutes, and you're just in the ball by yourself. Because if you get splashed into the Indian Ocean, you got to know, do you have claustrophobia? Yeah. Do you, feel, do you feel anything? And so I just was calm. I don't. It didn't make me feel one way or the other. I didn't get sick. I didn't feel like... I'm going to die. You're never going to pull me out in NASA. You're just leaving me in here. <laughs> yeah. But it was an interesting part of the job, the description and application process. It was interesting. So did some people just lose it right then? No, because you know what? For all the people that were there, we were always separate. Oh. We, never, we saw each other at dinner. We saw each other maybe at breakfast some days, depending on our schedule. We yeah. had a big dinner at the end. With all the people, the Chris Kraft. Chris Kraft just died. He was there when I was. <gasps> so, uh, wow. yeah, so it's a lot of fascinating things that you saw behind the scenes. And I was actually, on the day, the first day or the second day, my uh, electricity went out in the room that they put me in. So I couldn't do my hair. So it was in a ponytail. My father saw me on the nightly news with Walter Conkright. He says, what is wrong with your hair? <laughs> I'm like, Dad, I'm getting ready to shoot my butt up in this space. You were <laughs> Who cares? And it could be that they shut off the power to see how to you see, do. Yes, they could. To you know see that? how you do. Based upon the book, they want to say, how do you react? Yeah. And I was there on time with my hair in a ponytail. I didn't really care. Yeah. It was just like, I want to be here so bad. It was oh, my just, God. Yeah, it was fun. So, so can you identify now, you know, however many years after they asked you, like, what is it about being, what is the image in your mind that has kept you your entire life wanting to be an astronaut? I think it's me. I just think it's me and people like me. 
you like to fly. After I got declined because mm-hmm. for other reasons we'll talk about, um, then I it was just this energetic me, the ADHD me. Yeah. And, uh, you see, I'm a doctor, a marijuana doctor, I'm comedy. You know, I'm I all, can relate. I'm, I'm all over the place. For okay. sure. I so can I, relate. I'm not stable. Sure. <laughs> Nessa, don't listen to that part. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but you need a creative, unstable person. Yeah, but the there. science. The I think cre- so too. Yeah, it's fun. It's just, and so that's why I actually DM'd, I told you, DM'd Elon Musk, uh, if he's oh listening God. to this show. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Elon. Hi, Big Elon. fan. Elon. Big Congratulations fan. on fatherhood. Thanks for listening. We appreciate <laughs> and you. I, I want to go back. And in the book, in her book, she says, because of the radiation and sperm count and all of that and having kids and that age range of people who are astronauts, 20s, 30s, 40s, that they want older people to go. So I'm mm-hmm. in the range now of older people go. You go up. It could be a one-way trip. You never know. You mm-hmm. never know. You might mm-hmm. not come back. Uh, I was very upset about Challenger when it blew up in 86. Yeah. So that was it. I and remember. right after that, right after that, I was so insane. Yes, I was. I called NASA and I said, I'm so sorry about Challenger, but are you you're taking any more astronauts now? And right. I, and I applied that year again. You did? Yes, yeah, so right after Challenger blew up. Oh my God! Yeah. So so tell me. Okay, so let's get into this a little bit. Let's get into the book a little okay. bit. Okay. And then um, I'll introduce Colin since he's on the screen, and <laughs> me since we're finally doing Facebook Live. So um, I'm all over the place too. I do the show. I work on a farm. I tram. I used to be the membership director for the Michigan Cannabis Industry Association. I run a comedy show at Om of Medicine. Happy 10th anniversary, Om. This is the... Happy, happy. happy. Yeah, this is their 10th year. So there'll be a live-streamed comedy show on Friday at Om. Okay. Yeah. And... uh, Oh, my God, I didn't even mention that we also met each other through stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's not just an a- astronaut applicant slash medical doctor slash cannabis advocate slash researcher. She's also a comedian, comedian folks. on the side. Oh, my God. Way on the side. I, I feel like we did some too long open mic at some point. Like, it, did you ever come to... Um, it was in Ipsy, the one that used to be yes. right there. That one. Alan? Alan? Yes, yes. Alan Black. Yes. Hey, Alan. Hey, Alan. If you're out there. <laughs> so it was one of those where, like, you know how sometimes there's more comedians than audience, right. and you're just sort of getting through it. Yeah. You're just suffering through it. Suffering. I feel like we met him. Right, right, right. Okay, are you next? Oh, no, I'm next. I'm next. No, you're next. Okay. <laughs> Let's just do it. Let's just keep it going. That's that right. one guy in the back sort of likes some people. We'll just That's do right. it for him. We have an audience of one. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then Colin, uh, I want you to plug, isn't there a a Michigan Psychedelic Society conference oh. or something coming up. Oh, yeah. There's a Detroit Psychedelic Conference that's happening August 6th through 9th. Sweet. I think um, in Detroit and Southfield. Uh, it's not, uh, I don't think it's the Michigan Psychedelic Society. It's its own thing. Okay. But, they, okay. but we are like involved and we have a table and so does Decriminalized Nature Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, check it out. Um, right on. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's my plug. Okay. So let's get into some of the things. And I wrote down some of the things that I thought were amazing about this book that I could really relate to. So um, the one that I was talking about with as far as how we just learned how many people in America would be terrible 
at being astronauts uh-huh. because they couldn't get over like not going to Kroger, Kroger. and <laughs> like, not being able to get meatballs delivered to That's their door right. or whatever. Eat um, <laughs> so that the one of the things they're measuring. Uh, so so what Mary Roach does is she spends quite a lot of time with NASA and pouring through all the research mm-hmm. and looking at the video and following people around yeah. and seeing all the tests that they do and it's amazing because none of it is like quote the right stuff right it's not like let's see except for the parabola diving yeah. Yeah. Yes. those experiments those which were yeah which yeah. was amazing but one of the one of the tests is capacity to tolerate boredom and low levels of stimulation that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah yes i know it's and, incredible yeah so during, that's what's important so so she did that and she talked about the psychologists and psychiatrists i at NASA, you have a six-hour psychiatric evaluation. When I finished, I thought it was crazy. I really did because it's, it was stuff that I, I've seen psychiatric evaluations, but this went really deep and deeper and deeper and deeper for three hours at a segment. One was a psychiatrist, one psychologist, and I was just like, I, don't, I felt uncomfortable Mm-hmm. Just trying to answer those questions, and uh, and I've never seen those questions in medical school. What ever. kind of questions? I, 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 Do you remember? Let me just give you sort of a situation. You're at a castle. There's a king. There's a queen. There's a there's a bunch of uh, horsemen around, and then this situation just got worse and worse and worse from that base of a castle and a king and a queen and power and authority. Really? And it, yeah. It's just. It's just. And you don't, you say, well, I guess the, I don't know. You don't know. And I know they know, and they know the way you're answering. There's a way you should or could be answering that shows, do I get along with people well? Maybe I don't. And there's, it's very, it's very, very deep in the psychology of who should be an astronaut. Oh, my God. So, and I don't know if there's a pass or fail that's like, oh, you're in this spectrum. We'll put you in, in, in this shuttle or we'll do this. You know, it's just maybe that. I don't really know. What? But, <laughs> But oh, I was willing to go do it again. That's it. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And like maybe they just want to know if you would be entertaining in space. Yes. Like, do you have enough creativity to be by yourself like a kid that's able to play right. alone, alone and entertain right. themselves? Or right. like, like I would get off on the castle analogy and probably just forget that I was planning to be an astronaut. <laughs> right. I'd just be like, like well, right. could they have anything in the castle that they wanted? <laughs> like... Do they have a nice castle builder? Like what? You know, are, are the, is it fun? Do they have musicians in the castle? Like, oh my god! And I may have said those things. Maybe they said, "Okay, she's all." Okay. <laughs> and then the one question they ask you, when talking about, do you work well with other people? I remember this question very distinctly. Do you work well, better in an environment with people that's more serious or more humorous? And I sat there, and I sat, and I thought, and I said in my mind, like humorous for sure but this is NASA oh. so I said serious and I'm like oh that was the wrong answer to this day that's the wrong answer I know, oh in my spirit, you know it was the, no it's gonna, right. be, gonna be humorous yeah. Yeah. I'll be up with somebody that's so rigid. And yeah. And can't. plus you can't, it's not a good learning environment. Laughing is Nothing. a better learning environment. That's like right. anybody will say stressed out is not a good no, learning no, environment. No. And you know, what's funny is when they, when she quotes, when she goes back and quotes things from, you know, mm-hmm. old manuals or yes, research or yes. whatever, they're pretty silly. The yeah. astronauts are are pretty silly. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, so one of the things that I was fascinated by that they mention in a few different ways is breakaway syndrome, mm-hmm. or I think it's called breakaway syndrome, mm-hmm. where 
it's a it's a common thing for an astronaut that's out on a spacewalk or something like that to never want to come back. Mm-hmm. And it's a similar thing to divers who go down yeah. to a certain level and they never want to come back up. And the psych- psychological response of a person is like, this is too beautiful. Yes. I'm floating and it's I too- understand everything about God and the universe. Right, euphoric. And I'm yeah. no longer yeah. attached to the earth and everything that bothers yeah. down there. And I'm understanding awareness of all this. Mm-hmm. But what they're worried about is your oxygen levels. Yes. Your oxygen levels. Yeah. And are you just feeling that way because you're dying? Right. Is that what's right. happening? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but I thought, like, it is so common. And and one of the conversations, if you can find page 68, 69. And this is a... Uh, is it a... Can you see it on there? Kind of, uh, yeah. yeah. Is um, it eat, eating, eating your pants? No. Is, no. No. The, I, I have white McDivitt conversation, page 6869. And I think it has something to do with one of them telling the other one to come back in. Yeah. And he's saying no. And you picture like what an astronaut is supposed to be. Like I'm supposed to be this disciplined scientist. But basically they're like, no, I want to go to space because it's going to be cool. And then cool, they're finally fun. there. Right. And they want to go out in space and somebody's going, Okay. <laughs> Time to come back in now. No more playing by yourself. So is it page 68? I think so. White McDivitt conversation. Is there like a little, uh, maybe it's maybe it's before. Nah. Cause no. Because it looks different in a Kindle, I'm sure. Oh, okay. It was a conversation between White and McDivitt. Is it under Star Crazy? Yes. It's like, it's the, it's Can, the I think it's the chapter about. Can space blow your mind? Can space blow your yes. mind? okay. Yeah. I remember that part. It's a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, Some parts I read through and then I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. So is it White and McDivitt? Yes. Yes. Read that conversation. Okay. That was the most natural feeling, Jim. That was White. And then McDivitt. You look like you were in your mother's womb. Uh, NASA's concern was not that their astronaut was euphoric, but that euphoria might have overtaken good sense. During White's 20 minutes of bliss, Mission Control repeatedly tries to break in. Finally, the capsule communicator, Gus Grissom, gets through to McDivitt. And here's Grissom. Grissom, Gemini 4, get back in. McDivitt, they want you to come back in now. White, back in? McDivitt, back in. Grissom, Roger, we've been trying to talk to you for a while here. White, oh, Kate, let me just uh, take a few pictures. McDivitt, no, back in, come on. White, listen, you could almost not drag me in, but I'm coming. But he wasn't. Two more minutes passed. McDivitt starts to plead. McDivitt, just come on in. White, actually, I'm trying to get a better picture. McDivitt, no, come in. White, I'm trying to get a picture of the spacecraft now. McDivitt, Ed, come on in here. And a few minutes go by, and then that's it. And then I think he says, as he's going back in, I think he says, this is the the saddest moment of my life. Moment of my life. Right. Right. Yeah. And... And so here's something I'd never really thought about with astronauts is one of them says, uh, I can't remember which quote this is, is he says, I've been an astronaut for eight years mm-hmm. and I've spent six days it's in space. space. Right, right. And yeah. at, being an astronaut isn't just like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I'm going to fly. Let's get no, on a rocket pre- now. Preparation is hard work. Yeah. So I, when I applied, I applied to be a mission specialist. So if you can see from these crusty things, uh, it's a mission specialist and a pilot astronaut candidate. And that's what 
I, I said, I'm no pilot, so they're taking doctors and PhDs and researchers, and that's why that's how I got in. So, oh my God! So that's old, I know. Put this up in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Oh my gosh! So that's from back in the and then the FBI and CIA investigations to make sure you're straight. They, really? All of that. They come to my parents' house. They went to neighbors. But everywhere I ever lived, they went there, and so they. So you're just not going to be an astronaut. <laughs> sure, I know. Yeah. But it's isn't it just so? So there's like this brutal uh, kind of background analysis of you mm -hmm. psychologically, like legally, all this kind of stuff. But really, what there's the other whole part about just how humans need gravity. Right. I know. And putting someone in space just messes that whole thing, whole up. thing up. It just messes up your balance, your equilibrium, your thoughts. You're floating around. You, don't, you, you forget to walk, and then you want to walk. You think you want to walk on the ground, mm -hmm. but you're just floating around, just floating <laughs> with nothing, no resistance. So how many times have you gotten to try anti-gravity? Every time you applied? Never. Never? No, that, that, that wasn't part of it. That was never part of it. <sighs> So, and they didn't take me up in the F-42s. They didn't take me up in the jets. I wanted to go up in the jet. I wanted to do all of that. I wanted to yeah. get into the water submersion thing, just to simulate a sort of zero G, but you got water against you. Yeah. And, um, but the, the, one of the hardest parts, the physical parts, was the treadmill test, just for your physical endurance. Mm -hmm. And you're wired up. Your whole head, your chest, everything, you're wired up. They pull you up onto this platform, which is a treadmill, and then they start it. And they start it, and it starts going faster. There's like 20 people around watching you. You can see mm -hmm. your heart rate over here, heart rate. You can see everything happening to you physiologically. <laughs> then after that, it goes faster and then incline, faster and incline, faster and incline. And when you're ready to get down, because you can feel the chest pressure and the tightness, and then you're going to pass out and mm -hmm. I'm going to die, mm -hmm. then you put your thumb up. After one thumb up, you got one minute to stay up there. You should figure out when one thumb up should have happened because you were not supposed to pass out there. Yeah. And then they slowly lower it down, and people come and grab you and take you away. <laughs> it was fun. Wow. It seems like I can't imagine that maybe maybe the weightlessness is part of a test later, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because she – so, okay. So one of the things that I could not figure out how to picture is, so how do you test – what is going to happen to your body with no gravity and and the fears the early fears that like i guess i didn't grow up thinking about mm -hmm. i didn't grow up thinking about like will your blood flow the right way will right. you be able to swallow food yeah. will you be able to eliminate will you know yeah. will your eyes open and close right, right. like what all does gravity affect yeah. and yeah. and and reading about things like um Bone loss, too. Bone loss. Yeah. Yes. And your heart, the flow of blood through your heart. Yes. Oxygenation levels. Mm -hmm. Or like when the, they went on a spacewalk and didn't one of them like lose like 12 pounds like in that spacewalk from like... I, something. I remember I this. Remember I something know. like... Yeah. I think he was repairing something, but... Mm -hmm. Or well, maybe it was he went to Antarctica or something was doing something there because they would talk about Antarctica. Well, even thinking about gravity as a concept, mm -hmm. you know, it's not weightlessness. Yes. It's anti-gravity. Yes. And that means that right now our weight is the amount of 
force and force, force of yeah. me going into the earth. Yeah. So if you think about how much taller you get when you're not compacted down, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're sort of stretched out. Mass. Probably that's got a lot to do with the height requirement because yes. if you're six and you're going to get up to six three <laughs> because all of your joints <laughs> and yeah. everything are spacing out, then yeah. what is that? But I, you, I think they yeah. figured all of that out from um, Mercury and Apollo Skylab, and then the space do the space station, mm-hmm. uh, as well as from Russia. Russia did a lot of work way before the U.S. And Russia yeah. was very interesting in the book too. Yeah, yes. just the astronauts. Yeah, and, and, uh, and what you have to do to be an astronaut, how you have to yeah. think, and the women, the females. And what they think about women versus men being astronauts. You know? I know. That's kind of funny. And how much vodka <laughs> they take up in the space. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We're just going to drink ourselves crazy. <laughs> I know. And, like, how do you drink vodka in space? Even that. <laughs> even, right. like, how do you take a shot? How do you do that? Yeah. It's it's amazing. And there's that funny story. Um, so we're kind of bouncing around all over the place. But I'm thinking about the story of, was it Peggy Whitson? Is she the woman? And doesn't some Russian astronaut just grab her on camera and kiss her? And they're all kind of like, well, I mean, people are in an uproar, but they're all, the actual astronauts are kind of like, well, Russian men are like that. We had been cooped up a while. So whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It was no big deal. It was no big deal. A Russian guy kissed me, kind of par for the course. We've been in space together a while. Like everybody took, like was like, Thought she blew it out of proportion or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. She's yeah. like, no. Didn't like a, there was like one Japanese guy quit or something too, uh, on that mission or something. Quit on the mission. Oh yeah. Oh, here's what is fun. Okay. Yeah. They make astronauts, and I say they. When I say they make, what I'm talking about is the images of astronauts that I've been accustomed to growing up. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Yes. They make them look like serious. Stoic yes. pilots or scientists or whatever, but they're fighting. They're, they're, one of the yeah. guys said, "Did they not think we had emotions? <laughs> right. Did they not think right. we we're going to get Absolutely. pissed off at each other right. and same emotions? Want to have sex yeah. and crave a meatball sandwich that's, or that's right. whatever? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're still a human. You're still a human, still doing human things, but." It is an image, and that's what the astronauts had to live up to that image. So when I got there, I was thinking, do I have the right stuff? I know I'm not a white male. So <laughs> so do I have it? And one of the do- uh, docs there, his name is Dr. Atkinson, I think he's passed. He wrote a book called The Real Stuff, and that included minorities oh, and women. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was more about who you are as a social being and how you're going to get along and what does it take to come into this environment and work in isolation with other people on a project. It's all teamwork. NASA's mm-hmm. nothing but teamwork, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And uh, when people get stressed out, somebody's cracked the team. There's a crack. Something's not working. And, and you don't know what's going to affect you. Do you? For instance, this whole thing with COVID, mm-hmm. we've all been stressed beyond our normal. Mm-hmm. What cracked you up? I, I know. I, I'm eating ice cream. I don't get it. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I just don't understand why I'm eating ice cream anymore, and it's soothing to me. But oh, you just—that's what—that's what made you realize you had cracked. Yeah, I cracked it, you just started eating ice started cream. Eating ice cream. I haven't eaten ice cream in like ten years. You I, just started eating ice cream. My kids would go to the Dairy Queen. They want some ice cream. No, I just take a lick or maybe nothing. All of a sudden, I'm buying Ben and Jerry's. I'm just buying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm just the, 
I'm cracked. I know I'm cracked. <laughs> oh. So I don't know. What, well, I don't know if I'm craving. Sh- I don't know. I'm not sick or anything. All right. But, but something, and then and just you listen to people and say, you know what? I'm not going to respond to that. I'm just yes. not. I'm just not. I'm yes. Not, that response. I'm not doing it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so my cracking, I think, and and I think it might have to be with being an astronaut either, uh-huh. is sort of like the space walk guy. Like I'm in the middle of the this. universe and realizing there's so much more yeah. and how magical is this, and I kind of don't want to care about all the experiments now yes, and the right. timeline of NASA. Right. And the years of people who've been building this ship and planning this so that I don't die. Right. I just kind of want to be like, I, I know. Whoa, <laughs> look yeah, at right, this. Right, right, right. And, and just, I think it would be kind of rising above all the petty shit. Yeah. I think my cracking point is like, are we really all fighting about this petty shit? Yeah. Like, like, why? Why? Yeah. I think that would be, that's, why? that's my cracking point yeah. is if we start talking about petty shit. But if we're doing like, I'm pretty good in isolation. Uh-huh. I can entertain myself yeah. for a long period of time. That's so <laughs> good. I don't mind hygiene. Do, do you know what I mean? Like I know there's what like, they said, right. like I can go for a while yeah. with. I showered for you guys today because I had been <laughs> on the farm you, and Shelley. I was legitimately yeah. like had dirt all over yeah. me. But I don't need. To yeah. feel super clean. Yeah. It's yeah. not that important to me. And what they talked about. Especially in the these book. days. It's like, <laughs> like who cares? <laughs> like, when was the last time? <laughs> right. Yeah. If I've right. got physical dirt yeah. on me, yeah. Yeah. then yeah, I do it. But if I just kind of feel dirty. I've been like, I. You've been to my house. I have yeah. a pool, and I've just been sure. going in the pool. That's, like, this, and that's I, fine. I forget <laughs> like how, sure. how long. <laughs> sure. Sometimes. That, that, I bathed in your pool that night too yeah, exactly yeah it's a community there. pool yeah yeah ba- uh, bath yes yes um so talk a little bit about things that you went through and what what you read about in the book that reminded you of things i just i remember the interview process so well that uh as, as i was reading the book i never said wow if you have to defecate and and you have to urinate it's different for men and women things float around what we're going to eat eat's going to be different I remember I said for sure I'm going to be an astronaut because they even said what's your likelihood and I said should have said 100% I said 99.9% no no you can't have any doubt no doubt and and, yeah. and they said what music would you want to take and I, I thought about them what music would I want in outer space and I think it was I, I forgot to I'll remember but it was jazz it was something jazz Oh, something's going to make you soothing yeah uh, Kenny G, maybe something like that. That's what I wanted to take. I didn't want to take Eric Clapton or VGs. I don't want to take any of that kind of t- none of that stuff. I don't want to take the Beatles. I didn't want to take maybe a little Motown. Sure, a little Motown. That's what I wanted. But but everything they're going through and how they're going to this point now when they're getting ready to go to Mars. So the astronauts just went to the space station on May 30th, and that's when you saw that article that when I posted that whole Yes. Day. I was glued to the, the television that morning when they went. I'm like, they made it. They made it, SpaceX. They made so, it. So you, can you tell me, just, and, you know, whoever's listening, the people who just got to the space station, how long have they been out there, and how many of them are there? What, I, 
I have a hard time picturing. I have a hard time keeping up with it too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't oh, know okay, if it's okay, a dozen. Okay. I don't know if it's more than that. Okay, okay. I don't know what countries they're from because I don't keep up with that. All right. But I try to keep up these launches. Okay. And and Elon Musk. So <laughs> I can yeah. get back up there. But uh so then so tomorrow is they're launching another launch. Because I've been to a lot of launches at NASA at Cape Canaveral. And uh, they're launching the Mars rover, the second one, a bigger one, and they're going to have a helico, like a drone comes out of it and flies above. So it's going to be two pieces that go to Mars, and they're going to be able to look at the whole planet. They're going to be able to look at it, and it's going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. And then so they say that maybe people will go from Earth back to the moon, and then from the moon to Mars by the 30s. The 2030s. Wow. So that's the trajectory, and they're putting things together. So a lot of it's repair. You know, when those astronauts went there this last time, they were repairing, replacing batteries that hadn't been replaced for three years. So I'm like, what about my phone? <laughs> I need a, need a battery like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of repair work, and they're coming back home, I think, mid-August or something like that. But I don't, so I don't know how many are up there now, but I know they've selected four new astronauts, a, ma- a female, a male from USA, I think somebody from Japan and somebody from Russia, maybe. I don't know. I just kind of go through it. And then you forget because there's so much. There's so many astronauts now. Oh, my God. There's but, so many astronauts now. So, yeah, so they just had another recruitment for astronauts. And uh, that was like a month ago. 18,000 people applied. And they selected, I think, maybe 1,200 to look at. But there's 48 active astronauts now. 48. It's some, some. Wow. Um, like with the title of astronaut or floating around somewhere? Title astronaut Title working of astronaut, at NASA, working mostly at NASA, NASA, NASA yeah. U.S. base. I don't know about the other countries. Yeah, Japan, Europe, Mir, Russia, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. space station. So it's a, it's gonna be exciting for kids, especially mm-hmm. who have science or STEM backgrounds that are excellent. Uh, I think NASA was giving away uh, scholarships for kids in the math area, mm-hmm. and out of Georgia, Georgia Tech, somewhere in the south, but. Uh, this is incredible. I remember I went to Congress to talk to John Conyers about space and space exploration. Right after. When did you do this? How did you get to do this? In the 80s. I went to talk to him. And his aide was there. I got to his office, talked to his aide. John Conyers wasn't there. It was his aide. He said, ah, uh, he doesn't care about that. He care about welfare and getting more. I like welfare. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about space and technology. <laughs> oh, and my God. cell phones and other stuff. That's just somebody else's job. I said, we need... To fund space, you need to fund it so yeah. we can get things done that are different. Because that's what I believe. I believe that we should be exploring stuff. I'm an explorer. Yeah, so. and it almost feels like this is going to sound really wacky, but you know, if you grew up watching Battlestar Galactica or Star Trek or anything like that, every once in a while you see a piece of technology and you're like, "Oh, well, that's just an iPad, really. <laughs> like they're using something, and it just looks like an iPad." <laughs> It used to, when I was little, look like a super high-tech piece of equipment, but now it just looks like an iPad, know, you know? know? So the idea, what, what, what is interesting to me is the thing I used to watch a long time ago, which used to be like our view of the future, mm-hmm. and where we're starting to get to now is getting closer together. Yeah, of what you thought of. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. It's like star date 2023. 20, so right. like, yeah, yeah. It's there's like, oh, well, that is actually, there's not a whole huge ship floating around yeah. with a whole city on it, but right. there is yes. 
48 astronauts. Yeah, yeah. What if, like, in, like, a couple of years, there's, like, a hologram of, like, Shelly that pops oh, yeah. up on my phone and right. a hologram of me that pops up on her phone? That's right. And, yeah. I, I feel mean, like... we're almost there. We got, like, the FaceTime. Yeah. Sure. And, and if you watch The Simpsons, you know they predict the future way out into the future. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I'm part of the World Future Society. I've been part of the World Future Society since the... The World, the Future, World Society? Future Society. It is everything I see. It was predicted, and I see it. And I still go to the meetings, uh, and you, you can tell what's happening with food, with everything. Everything you can see, like for instance, what you, do you do in the World Future Society? What does that mean? That means. Do you know Mike Witty? Who? Michael Witty. No. Okay, he's a professor. He he says he's a futurist. Yeah, so I figured you might know him. He's, yeah, he's yes. in the cannabis world too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Seems like you need to be friends with Mike Whitney. Yeah, you need to meet him. You just read stuff. You go to meetings. You think out loud. You talk to other futurists, and then everybody's like crazy at home. But here, you're really one with each other. Yes. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Yes, I bet. It's fun. It's, so they have a journal. You can read the journal, and you can see you can read into the future like 10, 15 years. Um, if you look at drive down the street and you look at all the cameras that are there. Yeah. So in the 80s, I said, oh, there's not, there's going to be cameras everywhere, cameras. And I saw it coming, you know, in little pieces, but now it's here. But I saw it in the 80s. And I, so it's not, um, I mean, it just took time for people to get together. Right. But they, they think into the future that far so that you know what's coming up. You can be prepared, be prepared or not. I don't know if you can be prepared, you're just going to live your life. Right. You know. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. It's the reason why when the world starts going crazy, I want to be a farmer. Yeah. I'm just like, uh, no, gardening, gardening. I just want to tend to the earth, earth. and right. like make enough money right. to exchange for yeah, my daily right. bread. Right. I'm like regressing. And some ice cream. <laughs> and eat ice cream. Yeah. And puppies and, and kitties. Puppies and kitties. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I think this is funny. So um, because urination and excretion is is tough in space, they fit astronauts, uh, male astronauts, with condoms mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. release release things, and they had to <laughs> rename them large, extra large, right. and extra extra large. Right, because, because small didn't grow very well. <laughs> well, because no astronaut wants to be like, I- I'll need a small. <laughs> I'd like a small one. Right. So because that was causing problems, mm-hmm. no one admit to needing a small. They would yeah. get one that was too big, <laughs> and it would come off. That's right. So they just renamed, renamed them. them. They didn't resize them. Yes, they renamed right. them. Renamed so them. you start... With a large, right. which is hilarious. But it was a lot of things that they did to accommodate astronauts, their perception, how they were feeling. They would just name things course. and re- rename things. Like, th- that's, well, anyway, I guess we do it too. You know, oh, yeah. In everyday life. Oh, yeah. Well, and you don't want to think about, so when I think about future, futuristic movies that, that are interesting, like, um, uh, da, 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 like, uh, da, da, da. The Matrix? Uh, the Matrix. Yes. The Matrix. Yes. And they're, those guys are in a, and they're, and they're sort of like greasy mechanic types. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're cigarette smoking, yeah. tattooing, like, yeah, yeah, I work on this yeah. ship. Right. You know, they yeah. may as well be a long haul trucker. That's right. Like, right. Whatever. Right. They right. just happen to be in space. We've gone past the fascinating part mm-hmm. to where it's just an average Joe type of job now which is fascinating to think about because yeah. right now that is still 
What does a long haul trucker do when he has right. to pee? Right. Where does he sleep? Right. Right. Like that. It's similar. It's like the well, eating, you're gonna eating confined space. Truckers sleep in their trucks. Yeah, and you uh, got to go a really long distance by right. yourself. You know how does right. that affect your sexual urges? How right. does that affect like even being sedentary? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is fascinating. There was one point where they said like they're. Uh, they the only good astronaut one astronaut said like uh, the only good astronauts out there would be like eunuchs because <laughs> yes. they were like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because no of, desire at all because everyone right. was just like on top of each other like right down each other's necks there's so much tension yeah and and they and and it's funny because they never really tell you a conclusion yes they, I know they do all this experimentation of like. How is sex affected by weightlessness? And I've never thought about it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, how is blood flow affected by weightlessness, which affects sex and right. pressure? Right. And uh, and then there. Okay, so most people remember um, or can bring up a picture in their mind of animals in space: dogs, mm-hmm. two Russian dogs. Yeah. Um, monkeys, the, the chimps, yes, chimps, uh-huh. and the most famous one being ham. Yes, ham, the monkey uh-huh. that everybody really thought was was so great. Okay. And but the perception even of that is like, so we're really, 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 really mm-hmm. putting humans through the ringer to do a job that that a chimp chimp, chimp just did, right, or a dog, <laughs> or a dog, and then they had cadavers, and then they used cadavers, so like. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a ridiculous part because we're like going like, well, until we figure out the most highly intelligent possible human that, to fit, let's just send this chimp. That's, that's right. Who also does fine. That's right. Right. And so they talk about Ham, who was the three-year-old Astro Sham. Yeah. Yeah. And the one that they never talk about was Enos the penis. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> who, Okay. So there was a monkey or a chimp that went into space, and his name was Enos. And there was a Mary Roach, the author, is trying to get to the bottom of why they called him Enos Enos the penis. penis. And some people said, well, he was just kind of a dick. (laughs) (laughs) He was an asshole. And other others were saying, well, because he was always masturbating or he was always pulling his pants off Uh and fondling himself. But there wasn't, like, significant proof. Right, that he did all that. No, right. It was it was mostly no. scandal, mostly right. scandal. Remember, she kept it from archives and stuff, though. Yeah. Yes. So some of it you didn't. The way it was labeled, probably she had to read and reread and yeah, couldn't get anybody to confirm it because yeah. who wants to talk about that now? I don't want my name part of your book or. <laughs> I know. Yeah, a lot of people were not like at first like happy that she was like coming to talk to them about yes. being an astronaut yeah and uh but usually they just like go right in afterwards they're like you're gonna make a bunch of money off me <laughs> well this is how it kind of went down <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and i would imagine you'd want the truth to be out there yeah because you don't want it to be some glorified you know because really it's a Solitary job, yes. Lon- lonely, stressful. Mm-hmm. You can't lay down or stand up. There's a lot of puking. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. lot. It's a lot. Yes. A lot of puking, and then there's 
also someone kind of being in control of your every moment. Moment. Yes. Like like one of the one of there's a statement in there, kind of a very matter of fact conversation where they're talking about sex again. And like, well, maybe we should just expect everybody to masturbate. And the guy from Mission <laughs> Control is kind of like, well, we'd have to schedule it in. Yeah, you know? yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that's right. Schedule it that's in. right. Or we'll put couples in space together that can have sex, but again, they have to do it from this time to this time. You right, know, right, which right. is yeah. So it's. Um, uh, yeah, she goes really deep into uh, sex and then and the possibility of and and ch- having children. Yeah, and uh, married couples that they don't astronauts they don't want them to be married in case one you know doesn't come back. Right, they, right. The unthought, the unthinkable happens. Well, they don't want two astronauts to, to be married same, on, on the same mission. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. And um, they thought like maybe it might be good to have like couples like that are like not related not or not related like boyfriend girlfriend yeah not, not bro- boyfriend and girlfriend but like you could just uh have them be couples on the yeah on the like or, friends with benefits is yeah tinder. kind of tinder kind of a tinder tinder space astronaut candidate seeking <laughs> another astronaut <laughs> candidate that's, for that's my space pro- quarantine yes, that's right. <laughs> That's your profile. Exactly. That is your profile. <laughs> she did talk about, I think, you know, when you talk about people going off the rail, uh, was Lisa, uh, the female astronaut that drove from Houston, from yes. wherever to Houston. Yes. For, about the boyfriend, and she was jealous, and she stopped, and she said, those diapers were there from two years ago. Oh, yeah. And, but no, they're your diapers for you, because you wear them in space, and she just, they, they kicked her out of the program. I know. That was a crazy fucking story. Yes. Yeah. That yes. was serious. Yes, I followed that, that whole oh, story. Oh, how could you not? Yeah, like, what are you doing? You're going... Was she going to kill, kill her? Or she just had weapons and knives? She was confronting the, the, the other woman. Female. The yes. other woman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you can be a highly scientific, qualified yes. astronaut yes. and still be like, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. That's right. Same thing. Same That's person. Right. I know. Yeah. So I picture in the future, maybe this, you can run this by your futurist organization, like mm-hmm. in the future... The astronaut exam, once they get a lot of just keeping people alive stuff right, mm-hmm. the astronaut exam will be more like like becoming a bus driver or something. <laughs> yeah, like DOT. <laughs> you know, it's like you... Department of Transportation, eyes, ears, nose. Though. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're going to get like a, a... You're going to have to take a class like for mm-hmm. it yeah. or something yeah. like yeah. So you yeah. want to drive in space now. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me why you want to be an astronaut. That's number one. And then do the physical exam. The psychological, I think, will still be there because it is the nature of the job. Yeah. You're, you're quarantined and that's part of... The, being a good astronaut, I guess, get your job done. And maybe they should do that same one for those people that work in like parking booths <laughs> by themselves. <laughs> and they just sit in a little, like a little plexiglass yeah, booth right. on a snowy long. night at a turnpike for like 12 right. hours. <laughs> those guys oh are my probably God. excellent astronauts. Oh, I know, because I told, I, so I drive to Cleveland a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you just uh, go to the toll road and Hi, how are you? It's five dollars twenty-five cents. Thank you very much. Next, okay. So, can you? Uh, no question. You don't have time for a question. Yeah. <laughs> what exit? That? Oh no! 
oh, we had a rhythm going here. Yeah, so. everything's all fucked up. Now Everybody, we're like backed like, up. All of them are like yelling at you, like, what? <laughs> Why are you talking to her? Some of them are really nice. They really want to talk. Like, oh, sure. Thank you for talking. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. My friend John worked in, for Republic Parking when he was in school here. He's a comedian now. Do you know the name John F. O'Donnell? Does that ring a bell? No, no. Shout out John F. O'Donnell. He used to be on Redacted Tonight. Look him up, lifefromouterspace.com. But John, when he was when he lived in Ann Arbor, he worked at Republic Parking, uh-huh. and he would call me because he would be so bored. And he'd be like, anyway, I've been writing this new material, and hold on a second, car. <laughs> and then he would do something. And then he would go back to talking on the phone. Yeah. And then every few minutes, he'd be like, hold on, car. And I'd hear him do his little exchange. Uh-huh. But he was just bored and cold yes. and always trying to figure out what to bring. When do you pee? Yes. Like all where, that. Where do you when, go? Where yeah. do you go? Yeah, I know. Where yeah. do you go? <laughs> Is it, that's in those the little thing. Boxes. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, he probably didn't have Oma medicine like you if you were no. to run over. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I can't remember where. I guess they put you wherever they need you. Yeah. Any, any Republic parking garage, yeah. they, they yeah. put you wherever yeah. they need yeah. you. Yeah. And you're just that, you're just sitting there. But, you know, there's some of them, like, like behind, like, Grizzly Peak where there's just, like, a little, right. like, booth there, like a toll booth kind of thing. Yeah. And what do you do there? You almost do nothing. Oh, You're kind of like, that's the thing. You're like in the sun, too. I would think in, that, that... In the cold. The um, so, so one of the pictures that she paints is... Um, she, this book is great because she has a really funny way of... It's comical yeah. how serious these really weird experiments are, yeah, right? Like, um, she describes... Uh, some researchers working with a cadaver that's like acting as a crash test dummy Mm -hmm. and they're trying to get like lateral and she's like you know picture like foosball guys like hooked onto a thing and they're spinning you know talking about how to simulate 5G like um g-force and they spin them in the chair see how long it takes people to puke and then she said, if it wasn't, if you didn't know it was a cadaver, it's kind of a familial looking scene. Uh-huh. Like it sort of looks like kids and their parents putting up a cr- Christmas lights uh-huh. or something, but really yeah. they're attaching wires to a cadaver. Right, to a cadaver. It's so weird. Yeah. It's yeah. So um, one of the things she talks about in the book that I've never thought about is all the different ways that an astronaut has to be test crashing. Mm-hmm. The, cra- the, 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 the force of your body during takeoff. Right. And what angle is that? Right. The force of your body if you're on, if you're land in the water. Splash down, yeah. Splash down. Yeah. How, what, what kind is that? And right. does it, oh, and so the experiments that they do, do you remember when they compare um, how they restrain an astronaut to how a NASCAR driver. A NASCAR driver. Uh-huh. And they, yeah. she says, you see this NASCAR driver, and they flip over, and they land, right. and they spin, and then he gets up, gets and he runs car. out. That's always amazing to me, too. Yeah. Yeah. And what makes it so different? And is it because you have to lay down instead of sit down? Or you it's can't the way move? they're strapped in, number one, the NASCAR yeah. drivers. But it's on like, coming in for uh, a landing or splash. You're going to come in, and you're going to hit... You're going to hit and hit, so you're going to bounce. You, it's like a, something inside of something moving around. So, yeah. But if you strap it in tightly, maybe the head should have moved, or maybe 
uh, the body should have moved to the right to left. So you have to make sure you splash down and the splash down doesn't kill you because of friction and force. Waves. And thrust and and all, everything. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they said, you're going to land in the Indian Ocean. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> See, that seems so terrifying to me. Like being in space feels like so big and open, mm-hmm. but being in a capsule in the water yeah. sounds horrifying. <laughs> it sounds it, it, like you know, it does, but I think my brain just goes past the horror to like, I want to do this and I want to have fun and I want to teach and I want to learn. I want to explore. And what's my life all about? Anyway, yeah. You know, so uh, I mean, you put it in that perspective because I have kids and, you know, grandkids like, oh, you're going to space or are you coming back? When are you coming back? Bring us some popcorn. Like, yeah, no, it's yeah. not about that. This is like for real. This is the real stuff that, technical, even little experiments, you know, whatever, a frog or a plant or cannabis. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Can we grow weed? Can, can you grow weed in space? Can That's we right. grow weed? That's right. And, and, you know, there's a lot of indoor grows that we know of. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you can control a lot of the environment, yeah. you know, but gravity would matter. Yeah. But if you get in the right sunlight, would it? Well, yeah, well, they've, you have grown, to they've water. taken plants there before, so they've grown stuff in space. Yeah. yeah That's probably not a new thing. Right. So you're just talking about the cannabis plant itself, which is still a plant. Yeah. So it may, you know, what would be the purpose then? What are you going to do with cannabis in space? Smoke it. Yeah, Smoke of course. It. Yeah. But, but do they want the astronauts? But they don't want the, they don't want the astronauts The doing regular that. stuff. <laughs> but maybe they do. That's the thing. Yeah, they it's might. like, maybe... It'll help You're them. the first, like, astronaut mm-hmm. who does cannabis research in space. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm willing. I'm ready. You're willing. Go. I'm ready. I yeah. see how CBD works on uh, people in space. Oh, okay. Let's go on your anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. 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 Oh. Because, you know, anxiety is top. Look, you're away from your family. You're away from everybody. Yeah. Your favorite food. It's almost like being in prison, you know. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Not a good a good prison? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if they could find really, really high-end prisoners, <laughs> you know, they could handle <laughs> That's it. Right. That's right. That are very well-behaved uh-huh. and put them in there. Okay. So before, I feel like we should do several things. Um, we should, I want to ask you, uh, because you brought up CBD, is you're so involved in cannabis, and I want to know... Like, what led you to that? Like, was that always part of your life, like wanting to be an astronaut? Mm-hmm. Or how did you go? What was the timeline of wanting to be an astronaut, discovering cannabis, being a medical doctor? And why now do you only consume CBD? Slash some THC. Slash some THC. THC. Okay, so yeah, tell me that timeline. So I started out medical school, medical doctor, applied to be an astronaut. Came back to Detroit, practiced emergency medicine for decades, and then decided towards the, like, after 19 years into emergency medicine, maybe 15, that I didn't like it. I didn't like, I didn't like death and dying and a gunshot. I just, it was just stressful. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I went to medical school to be a doctor is to heal, to help people. And I didn't find any of that happening. They taught us about pharmacology, physiology, and, uh, Pathology, and then you're off writing prescriptions. And then people would say, I, I, I want to live to be 100. I want to be vibrant. I want to be out there. Mm-hmm. And, and so the whole astronaut thing stayed with me because I kept applying. I just kept applying, even though I was an ER doctor. 
Uh, and then maybe 12 years ago, somebody asked me, would you like to uh, be a cannabis doctor in Michigan? And that, at that time, people were, doctors were going to jail. They were mm. getting fried. They were, I'm like, I want to do this. I think it's fascinating. Just like space and oceans and all that, mm-hmm. the mind. Mm-hmm. I said, well, let me just see. And then I went for this interview in a parking lot. Oh, great. <laughs> so, You're like, this is legit. Uh, this is right. Like, this is legit. So, how does this go down? <laughs> so, this is just like so, becoming an astronaut. Right, I go so. to a parking lot. <laughs> so many, yeah. So I'm a drug dealer. Okay. okay. So, so it, went down, it went down pretty well, but I was going to be set up in Highland Park. I'm like, no way. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you're not putting me in Highland Park. There's more drugs and more criminals than anything. <laughs> so I kept studying it with the conferences that I went to, CBD, CBD, and like for four, three or four years. Mm-hmm. Then the same person came back and asked me, look, you know, do you want to or don't you? And I knew about... Uh, John Sally and stuff like in California because he left here. He was played for the Pistons. He opened the fist farm and all these big guys were doing stuff and they would be. I said, you know what? And people kept asking me about it. Just the fact that they asked me made me explore it. And then I got involved and I worked at a dispensary actually for a few oh. years. It was rated. It was busted rated. It was called a medical clinic slash not dispensary. So I was yes, able to be yes. There. So the way it was set up, but and then I have like thousands of patients now. And so I kept learning, and then the whole science part, and then uh, Raphael Michalum over in Israel, the work he's been doing. I was like, this could help with people's cancer and healing and nausea and anxiety. And so the more you look into it, the thousands of years it's been around, then why is it so bad? Because somebody mm-hmm. else said it was bad back in Prohibition time and the, mm-hmm. the 20s and 30s and reefer madness. And so... I just had to let go of everything that is bad. And I still get people who frown at me. Oh, you're a marijuana doctor? Like, you're a drug addict? So it's just like, like, what? And they, they've they known you from the medical community and everything? People just, not, medical people in the community are don't say anything. Because doctors and hospitals, you know, they are not really allowed to talk about it to patients with any sort of consistency or what do you use? THC, THCA, they're not allowed. You can't, if you're using marijuana, it's a drug, it's a substance abuse, you're a cannabis use disorder. That's what it is. And so even mm. the pain management doctors, they can prescribe pain pills, but they have to do drug screens in order for you to keep going. If you have cannabis in your system, then that's no good. So for me, it's the healing part, it's the properties. And so right now I'm looking more at cannabis for uh, PTSD, and for cancer, because a lot of people have tumors, cancers, and, mm-hmm. you know, leukemias. So I'm just looking at it. I'm not saying there's a cure for it. I know about Rick Simpson oil, and I just kept reading and taking courses. Uh, the course I took about two weeks ago was with Dr. Dustin Sulak, the healer, the healer.com. And that's when they talked about uh, psilocybin and the endocannabinoid system. Fascinating. The wow. more I learn, the more I want to know. Yeah. So I figured, like, when I'm in my 90s, just give me some mushrooms. I'm out of here. Yeah. Put me on a rocket <laughs> yeah. ship. Give me like eight grams. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Put me, shoot me yeah, out into a spacewalk. Yeah, yeah for sure. Looking at CBD for Alzheimer's as well. So there's a lot of potential because it hasn't been studied. And it's a time in my life when it's easier for me to do. And, and I'm working with a lot of scientists. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, super cool. Can we take a break and we'll decide what we're gonna, what's going to be our last topic? Because there's so much about the book, and I'm, I'm wanting to make sure we, we get to all the parts that you wanted to get to.
ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. Sing countdown engines on three two check ignition and may God's love be with you
We're starting now, like it or not. While I was in the bathroom, I was just thinking, here's something that we were talking about me working on the farm. And what I like about working on the farm is probably what I like about working anywhere. So I feel like part of the astronaut test should be like, can you hang? You know, yeah, like there should be like a, a hang test. I feel like uh-huh. one thing that I wanted to mention is I remember in it when the in uh, the psychology part of the the book, um, they talked about uh, selecting astronauts all, who are also humorous and like could like hang. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about that, Shelby? If you got another chance, would you answer things different so they would know that you could hang? Well, I forget so much of me experience now as a person, as a human. Yeah. So many things that have happened that I think I'm the best candidate for the job. So, so I would answer things differently and honestly. Right. And, and I don't think I would base it upon, before I was like, I have to be an astronaut. I just have to, I have to answer the questions right. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, you know, NASA or space people, wherever you are. I think you know, technically they're called space people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> space people. You know, space, space bosses. Space, space boss. Space boss, <laughs> boss up. You know, so, <laughs> I would just be like, okay, this is me. Honestly, I've been here all my life and I want to go and help you and figure out some stuff. And I'm willing to be, you know, that test person, test, yeah. test dummy, whatever. I know it's crash dummies chimpanzees i mean i don't sure. monkeys or anything but you don't want to get called out uh but but just to be there and just to do it again and have fun and give it my all because my health has held up all these years yeah that's one thing because i know a couple of astronauts have not only died in um in space but like an astronaut just recently died maybe two years ago three years ago she was like a nurse late 50s or 60s I'm like wow that's early to go yeah it's too early but had she been out in space and back a few times she had been, she had walked in space she had flown and, yeah um that's a lot of wear and tear man it is a lot of wear and tear that's like you you've lost bone you've had yeah. you know what I mean you've been through it if you've done a spacewalk I and, think and the you know but then it was a John Glenn that just died maybe like five or six years ago mm-hmm. and he had cardiovascular disease the same disease my father had and mm-hmm. so I tried to get my father into Cleveland Clinic for microvalvular surgery and um, I couldn't get him back after Henry Ford which is the best cho- a good choice yeah. for, for Detroit uh, but uh, he was 93 he was 93 yeah. years old my well, dad yeah so I think okay NASA or space bosses, whoever's listening, we would really like you to reconsider Cynthia Shelby Lane, MD. Like, she's really the most passionate yet humble, and she's fun. You know, she does comedy. She could save people's lives because she's a doctor. She knows a lot about cannabis. (laughs) And also she brings... Snoop wine, Snoop wine to the party. To the party. If you're going to bring something to the party, you know, if somebody's going to show up on the space shuttle with Cork. Snoop wine, we're going to hang. You know, that's yeah. how it's going to be. Yeah. And sure. I've just realized I have a dilemma. Like, and cool. this happens a lot is like, I'm wearing glasses and a hat and a mask. Uh. And headphones, but I want to drink that wine. <laughs> like how? 
I gotta figure it out. I gotta figure it out. They have new masks with straws in them, so he had to have the bottle with the straw. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A thing. I don't know what that is. That's that's weird. So you just did a show. You just did a comedy show called Laughter is the Best Medicine or something? Yes, Laughter is the Best Medicine. And that was a fundraiser, and where can people see it? So that was a fundraiser for Doctors Without Borders, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Kleber and De- De- Denise Medina uh, on Instagram, and they put it together, and they just called me. Uh, it's interesting the way it happened because I know Denise, I didn't know Mark, and uh, they're on Instagram, we're friends, but one of the ladies on uh, the comics that was there, her name is Eugenia. Mm-hmm. She's a Russian model, yes. she's a comedian, and uh, so... Somehow, I'm in this group of wonderful comics, and uh, they asked me to be on the show. And so, it's Laughter Best is the best medicine part two. I was the only doctor there. I guess it's not kind of unique. (laughs) It just happens that there aren't that many doctors doing comedy. And we had fun. We just had a a Zoom meeting, and I talked about, you know, being from Detroit. I talked about being a doctor in the hood. I talked about we didn't get any masks, so we made our own mask out of... uh, uh, paper towels and rubber bands, yeah. and staples, and in uh, my good little scratch. Are marks. you still in a hospital regularly? No, no, I'm in a private practice. Okay, that's right. Right in the hood, and then I talked about the protesters and the kids, and um, yeah, I was, I was part of the Black Panther Party as a as a card carrying member. So remember, Cynthia they has they didn't carry Cynthia cards. Cynthia is guns. an onion. <laughs> Cynthia is an onion. She has a million layers. Ash, NASA bosses, space bosses. NASA space bosses. You got to take me. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm also going to shout out to Snoop. Um, we're drinking your wine yes. and we're pretty sure that Martha, and you'll have to tell us, please somebody send this link to Snoop. Ask him if Martha and him, does she make awesome medibles? Because we want her and to bring them on the show. So we would like <laughs> yes. we would like them to choose a book to read and, and, come, on and come on the show with That's what we medibles. want. And with medibles, this, this wine is pretty good. It's and so good. It's yes, smooth. It's smooth. It'll be good. Like Look if Martha could make like too. a nice <laughs> cannabis sauce, like some sort yeah. of like yeah. bourguignon sauce, yeah. oh, but yeah. with cannabis in it. Oh, absolutely. So we're trying to get Chef Gigi. Do you know Chef Gigi? No. From, okay, she's Detroit area. We've been trying to get her on for months and months. Things happen. The author we were going to read. Do you know T Barb, comedian? Yes, absolutely. yes. Okay, yes. so T Barb wrote a book called Faith Over yes, Fear. Yes, me and her. My girl. We were, oh, okay. Shout okay. out to T Barb. Yeah. Oh, so if you if you have it, if you've read it, you can come on because oh. it's supposed to be yeah, yeah. me, T Barb, Gigi. Okay. But if you want to come, yeah, it I was will. like first the dates wouldn't happen, and then we couldn't get, and then somebody gets stung by an insect, and uh-huh. then I mean it was like. It's oh, so anyway. Now we're trying to get, but she's going to bring on some good stuff. Okay, she's going to bring I'll on some here. good medibles. But Martha, that does not mean that we don't want you That's to come on. No. Martha Stewart, you're totally <laughs> welcome in Redford. I think it's right up your alley, Martha. And Snoop, oh, please a, come on the show yeah. and read whatever. We can read comic books. We can read recipes oh, from, yeah. from Martha's cookbooks. Yes. We can read Snoop lyrics. We can do all the above. We can do Snoop lyrics and recipes and children's like nursery rhymes. I want to read nursery rhymes with Stu- Snoop while eating <laughs> Martha's, Martha's medibles. That's right. That's right. That's, that's, that, that, that's that experience with the astronaut outside. I don't want to come back. I yet. don't want to come back. I'm not in. coming back. This is the best ever. Oh, yeah, the best okay. ever. <laughs> so please 
hear out, Sally. And <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening, we'd really you're appreciate listening. it. I know you're probably... One time, uh, Snoop, I snuck into this concert for collecting signatures. We can talk about it on that show. <laughs> I'd love to tell you more. But... Oh, you snuck into a Snoop concert? Yeah. Oh, oh, back God. in uh, 2016 or 17. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It was a good time. So how'd you sneak in? Uh, we'll tell Snoop Dogg. It had to do with... It's at the Masonic Temple. Yeah, that's my thing, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I snuck into Oprah's party back in the day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Oprah's? Oprah's. <laughs> and I sat next to Stedman. And I'm like, why am I here? But it was so much fun. It was in Chicago at the Navy Piers. And the, of course. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. So and, and add, I snuck into a NASA launch. Add so. Bandit to. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait a minute. I said something about onions. She's an onion. She's got a lot of layers. Oh, something that they talk about with NASA. Um, that you don't hear about ever is like that they, they miss food. So there's a story of like they were supposed to be growing the onions and seeing if the onions would sprout in space. But what happened was they got the onions and they opened them and they were so excited about the smell of onions yeah. that they ate they them. Ate them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they, ate them. they were just like, oh no, we're gonna eat these. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, that, yeah. The mission control. They are okay. They're okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, yeah, okay. they're sprouting. They're Doing, just, great. They're Doing great. Doing great. <laughs> I like the part where there was like a astronaut. Uh, has like a food stick like inside the uh, like helmet. Uh, yes. Kind of yes. like, like uh, uh, they said it was like made of like a fruit roll up or something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it yes. really, be- it was right next to the water. So it would become this like goopy mess that That's you'd right. like wipe That's across right. your right. face. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they, when there's one where they, you know, cause astronauts drink Tang. Yes. That's known That's forever right. and ever. Astronauts drink Tang. Right. Drink your Tang kids. Right. You want to be an astronaut. Do you have Tang at your house at all time? Not just it, to practice? Not, astro- not anymore. Is it still out there? You should get some. It's just still out there. It's on the bottom shelf. I was a grocery manager for several years. I know this. There's at least one row. It's in the astronaut section. That's right. It's in the astronaut supply section. Astronaut paraphernalia. Tang. Tang. Condoms. People would show me their astronaut map and they'd point to the tang and I'd be like, aisle three, bottom shelf. Well, he says that they're asking him, like, what does it look like out there? And he's like... Mostly tang because like they put, they put like a tang thing in his helmet so right. that he can drink tang, but also it's spewing out, and so he's looking right. out at his face. It's orangeness, yeah, That's but right. he can't see anything but but tang. Um, there's a lot of here's something because we don't have that much time. Here's something that um, I we thought was amazing. We only got a couple minutes. So there's this whole chapter about people that train just by laying down. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to see how the body does in sedentary, like just laying down. Right. And so for a while, and maybe they still are doing this, they describe this guy who I'm like, I think I know this guy. <laughs> this guy that like was an actor. Uh-huh. But he needed to save some money and he could make $17,000 in three months for just like basically lying still. And they check his body yeah, yeah. for, like, how does it work with yeah, everything. Yeah. And then he went and he's like, well, maybe I'm going to go do this next. And maybe, gonna, but, but you know you know that guy who's like, hey, 
I guess next week I'm going to start laying down yeah. for three months for $17,000. And then after that, I'm going to start my hot dog cart. And then after that, I'm going to go right. to Broadway. Right. You know right. what I mean? They got a plan. Yeah. They got a plan. You got to have, have, have multitask and They got a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's part of NASA studying without using actual astronauts, just studying bodies mm-hmm. of like, you can't move. This is what we're going to feed you. And what happens to your body yeah. if you just do this? So... Yeah. Oh, my God. So I'll let everybody say something to wrap up. But um, there's so much about this book. If you love, if if you think, or even if you've got like a young person in your life that might want to read about science, but they they want something fun, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mary Roach, any of Mary Roach's books are so good. And it's not like, you don't really feel like you're, you're not reading like a medical journal. Right. But she, her research is so good and you learn so much. And so check out, uh, packing for Mars, check out Bonk, check out Stiff, check out um, Gulp. Just, she's she's awesome. So check out Mary Roach. Packing for Mars specifically, if you've grown up with, like, astronaut fantasies like Cynthia Shelby Lane. Uh, if you're looking for a... Um, certification doctor or advice um, or anything about the future or a comedy show. (laughs) Um, How to live to be a hundred. Or how to live to be a hundred. Cynthia, show me And if you know anybody at NASA or you know Snoop Dogg. Or Elon Musk. (laughs) Or Elon Musk. Anybody. (laughs) Then we would like... to connect you, we'll do it just real quick via text. Like you send me Elon's text and I'll connect you with Cynthia and we'll get them on the same page so that she can go to space. Um, any final thoughts on being an astronaut or wanting to be an astronaut or when you're going to apply next or what you hope to do once you get there? Or? So I'm going to DM Elon again and tell him to watch this show. Okay. And, and then I'm going to call NASA and see when's the next uh, recruitment for volunteers. And in general, I, I flew on a plane for the first time in my life when I was six years old when they just started passenger carriers. I'm old. And um, my parents... Also, put, if you want to talk to us about skin care, <laughs> great, because I'm like, you keep telling stories <laughs> you're older, like you're older, older than your skin is, and it's pissing me off. So, <laughs> so I got on the plane by myself, and my parents sent me to North Carolina to visit my aunt, who's still alive. She's 95. And, I, and on the way back, the plane was not supposed to stop. It was nonstop. One of those mm-hmm. old things out of, what's the airport, Willow Run? Yeah. I didn't go out of Metro, so I'm old. Okay? Oh, my I goodness. evidence of that. Whoa. And then, uh, so then the plane stopped, and everybody got off, and I told the flight attendant stewardesses that at that time, my parents have gotten rid of me. I'll never see them again. Oh, my God. Said, oh, you're all right, you little six-year-old black girl. You'll be okay. <laughs> oh, my God. And I came home to my parents, and that's when it started. I I even actually applied to be a flight attendant over and over again. So my, the spirit of me is flight, and that's it. Wow. So. Have you ever done any past lives hallucinogenic work? Not yet, but I will. Because <laughs> I feel like there was something about flying yes, or something, yeah. Yeah. you know. I did. Somebody did tell me I was the court jester to the pharaoh. But, uh, um, I don't know. I, I don't cool. know if that's true. <laughs> it sounds like if you're going to have to hang out with a pharaoh, I'm assuming he's a little bit brutal, asshole-ish, a little bit. Yes. So you may as well be the court jester right, because yeah. I feel like he'd go easy and on you. Butt. Yeah, yeah. Sure, you were awesome at it. <laughs> you were so good at it. I bet. Well, this is so much fun. Thank you, Oh, Shelley. you're Thank you. welcome. We didn't even talk about Project Barbecue where they 
roasted the pigs and ate them after they used them in the experiments. We didn't talk about all the, like, cells. They've done experiments where... They, they let just see how dirty an astronaut can get yes, yes. where like their underwear disintegrates right. and their yes. shirts disintegrate yeah, and like they filthy. test different types of and I could really relate to those yeah. chap, that chapter <laughs> because I bathe minimally but I did today for you two friends thank you Shelly we, need to know, we needed to know that sure. <laughs> but like I learned a lot so read Packing for Mars Mary Roach Colin any final thoughts sir um, check out the book um, it's really uh, easy to read and it's fun the stories yeah. that are like in it and it's really it's really funny uh, yeah, it's really funny. It's not yeah. like uh, serious, but it is serious. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It's it's a completely different take. If you grew up thinking like the right stuff was astronauts or taking the astronaut thing very, very seriously, it's a humorous. It makes them human. Like, yes. That, yes. You know, like we think of astronauts as like more than human. Yeah. And and really, it's like, like a brain surgeon. They puke. Or, they really. they yeah. puke. They have sex. They miss yeah, onions. They stuff up. gets they, on their face. What was it? They do origami, and they don't finish on yeah. time. Yes, yeah. yes. They're yeah. not good at origami. origami. They're stressed out about the same things. And yeah, we are. And it's it makes it just like oh, this is funny. Yeah. This is a funny job, yeah. you know. And we have these highly trained scientists measuring like how much sebum. Right. comes off of a body right. or how much earwax or how right. much you know the weight of your organs That's at right. different like speeds yeah. and things like that it's pretty fascinating when am I going to vomit when am I going to vomit what does it take That's what does right. it take yeah. If it, there's even a spot for you if you just like roving around in the desert doing test yeah. things yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. kids maybe maybe Cynthia can start a like a, a kids cannabis space exploration camp yeah, yeah, easily. in another life yes, for sure absolutely I got more five, five more yeah, lives life. yeah. I'm well I'm just saying she's, she's going to have like ten, ten more lives, more lives in then. the middle of this one <laughs> so thank you so much for coming thank on the you. show so so fun I love it I love it I think Facebook Live actually worked today which <laughs> which means my computer works yay new computer yay. so yes. this is Reeds and Weeds we're recording at CRB thank you Colin thank you Cynthia Shelby thank you. and we got to clean up and we'll talk to you next week okay Bye. Bye.